Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters, what's going on, y'all? It's Mike Carlo here for the What's Your Fight talk show, podcast, whatever we want to call it at this point. And I talked about my Red Boy days on an earlier episode and Coach Eric Ures was one of the most influential people that I've met on this journey that's impacted and kind of helped me on so many different ways. So Eric was kind enough to take the time to jump on and talk to us. Um, Eric, thanks, man. I appreciate you taking the time and hopping on. Oh, no, no. Happy, happy to be here. Yeah. And, and before we jump into it, I just wanted to mention that everybody watching, check the links in description below. We have Eric's got a, a killer social media page on Facebook right now that's been really like a, a really beneficial group for me and just the stories going on there. You have coaching services, some amazing things and things that you're doing both in California um, with Alliance, as well as in your virtual coaching and things like that. So definitely make sure you guys check that out, especially if you like what you're hearing, which I know you're gonna, if you're here. So yeah. And without further ado, man, let's jump into it. So I kind of want to dial it back to those red boy days and then even go back a little bit further to, and like I was even saying this before we started, we could take a really long time to talk about all this stuff. So we'll kind of just touch on those little points of even just how you first kind of got into martial arts. I, I believe, was it wrestling, right? With, with yeah, re- wrestling was my first like real exposure to, to some sort of like formalized training. So when we look at, and this is all New York and Long Island, and you know, you kind of like crazy stories from your childhood and upbringing and, and all those journeys that I think that's yeah. a podcast in and of itself. And like, you guys should definitely check out Eric's social media page to hear all those stories. Cause you do a great job of sharing that. Um, but talk a little bit about when you first found wrestling, like how that influenced and changed your life. And then we'll kind of progressively uh, fast forward. I, I just like saw how effective it was. You know, I didn't, I didn't actually step on a wrestling mat till I was in 10th grade. So I was like 15 years old the first time I stepped on a mat. And um, yeah, I just saw how effective it was. I was, already like pretty um obsessed with like the ultimate fighting championship and the first time i saw that and uh it was quite a few years before i had actually stepped on a mat um and to be honest i just started using it in street fights like and and it was it would work it would work really well um and I, yeah i just i was i was really really obsessed with, with fighting and, and the idea of fighting and the idea that you could fight in front of a crowd or, or, or something like that. I mean, yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool to me. So, um, you know, as things started to progress, I, I would, you know, I'd kind of flirt with jujitsu schools here and there and, you know, do some striking training or the, the training back then was so sort of unevolved and it was just people from different backgrounds sort of kind of, you know, um, mix matching whatever they had and, and there wasn't nothing was really like put together the way it is now where you know it's it's most of the times when you go into a gym people are if they're not great at everything they at least have an understanding of everything like much more so than than you know we're talking about the 1990s and the you know early 2000s so 
hundred percent. And that's why I think it's like an interesting time too, because even if you look at the early stages of your career too, and it like we fast forward a little bit, I, I forget if it was your first fight or in the, just the first three, like fighting Frankie Edgar in the first like yeah. couple fights of competing, which is fucking crazy now, like looking back on it, right? Like talk to me a little bit about what would that like, just, Hey, we have a fight coming up this weekend. You want to take it or, or how did that kind of yeah, work? That, that wasn't even like a real professional fight. That was like yeah, an smoker. underground fight. Yeah. I was like a smoker. Um, it was just, yeah, it was basically like sparring with people watching. Um, obviously it was a little bit more than that. Um, if you, if you watch the video, but, um, I just wanted to fight, dude, if I could go fight and beat somebody up in front of my friends and then I was happy to do that. You know, that's really literally all I wanted to do. Um, I don't think any, any of us actually dreamed we could, we would make a living, uh, with, with this fighting thing or, or, you know, at the time it was still no holds barred. Like there was no MMA at the time. There, there was no MMA until after the really like the Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner fight, I think is really where that, that term started to kind of catch and take off from there. And then also yeah. while this is all kind of going down and then even looking forward a couple of years, you're not just, uh, you're fighting, like you're also, you're bouncing and you're in the, the kind of club life and those yeah. variations of things of going on. And then you end up going to uh, Las Vegas. And I ended up eventually taking advantage of an opportunity that you gave me to go to Vegas because of that. So I wanted to fast forward a bit to finding yeah. yourself in Vegas and kind of the opportunities there. you're at extreme couture's and, and Mark Lehman, I believe before that. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about that segment. First. Yeah. I had, uh, I had visited um, Vegas a few times for the national championships for wrestling. And, and while I was out there, um, I would, train at extreme couture i mean not extreme couture uh mark layman's cobra kai had a friend uh chris lyon who was uh who was training there and so and and uh vegas seemed to be like the capital or at least the mecca at the time for anybody that wanted to fight seriously uh so it always seemed to like the the gyms were facilitating it a little bit more so than anywhere else uh, i felt like in the world at the time so when I decided that's what I wanted to really, really do, I just basically loaded up my car and drove out there and figured everything out once I hit the ground. Like, I didn't have a place to stay upon leaving New York. I didn't have a job upon leaving New York. I literally put that together within a few days of arriving in Vegas and, and you know, managed to get things uh, situated so that I could have, um, yeah, an apartment, a job, and, and uh, training sorted out. And to me, that's like a testament to just – not just your balls in general in life, but like just the philosophy of how you've been able to like take advantage of that moving forward. And then like, once you get to Vegas, um, you finally kind of got things set up. And, and then it, like, at least where I kind of, I guess, got involved in the picture later down fast forward is like, you're kind of then going back and forth between yeah. Vegas and New York. And then honestly dropping knowledge at Red Boy Jiu-Jitsu, which was like kind of like a very small jujitsu school, you know, seeing you at that point in, in the career of it, where mixed martial arts at that jujitsu place and then going back and forth what was that like? Like it had to be crazy just from the traveling perspective and all the things that go with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would go home for the, for the summer months really uh, to, and sometimes for like winter break um, to, to, to New York, to Long Island um, just to kind of relax and save money and work in the Hamptons and kind of do my thing with that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, I would need a place to train in the summertime and um yeah, Paul just sort of opened the door for me at Red Boy and kind of just, I just started teaching and showing up and guys were coming into the classes that I was teaching. I, I was, I wasn't even belted at that point. Like not nothing, you know, um, I was probably the skill level of like a good purple belt maybe at that time. But um, yeah, I didn't, I, I mean, 
uh, uh, people were just following along with, with what I was doing and just kind of started developing a program there out of, out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it just kind of came together. It was nothing formal or, or agreed upon or, or anything like that. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I met a lot of people at Red Boy that I, I'm still friends with to this day. Yeah, that's one thing I, I was kind of talking about. Um, I talked to Johnny Blongiardo recently. It's actually just on the phone with him. That's how I was finishing up. With. Oh, right on. And then, and then uh, the twins actually hit me up. I was talking to them. It's just funny. Like, I, I try and check in with D-Rock and, and Ott yeah. and Mike Stout. Like, all these guys. And it's cool to look back, man. Yeah. Like, when, when I look at what they've done, they've on, all gone on with their lives. But, like, it's cool to see. I, look, I think of it as, like, an alumni group of – that was, like, almost part of my college. You know, like, that, yeah. that's – I think of it as, like, a graduation concept so that always kind of holds a significant place in my heart and to your point like stay in touch with a lot of those people and then kind of even fast forwarding a little bit more then going from vegas to new york you also moved even more so from that and in this time it was still like i think you were fighting at 55 or like i I would kind of i would take fights at 55 but i I was a featherweight like i was i was not the size of a of a lightweight so um yeah i would kind of take fights at both um probably shouldn't have but um, but yeah, yeah, that's just, you know, um, it seemed whatever, I just wanted to fight at the time and that's where the fights were available. And so that's what I, you know, that's what I took. And, uh, and, and to that point, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's, it wasn't like, like it is now with the weight classes, especially like bantamweight, featherweight, and even like those lower weight classes. Like there wasn't the same, I guess, attention to it, if that makes sense. So I, I feel like maybe that was a part yeah, it of wasn't, it. It wasn't as important, I think at the time, um, guys weren't cutting as much weight until yeah it, it, you know once it but now it's like normal to like fight 20 pounds below your walk around weight like that's pretty normal to fight 20 pounds and I, I i don't like it i don't agree with it i think they should adopt like i think one championship has a really i think they have the best um sort of approach to the whole weight cutting thing uh with the certification that they do and uh you know like a 55 or will make 170 right He's got to make 170 hydrated. And so, yeah, you can diet down. You can even cut a little bit, but you're not going to cut 20 pounds and piss hydrated, you know? So I think they have the best system currently going for, uh, for, for weight cutting. And I wish more people would adopt that. And to that point of like, just in, in that region of, of Asia in general, I know you're in California prior at, at Alliance before going yeah. out there, but I want to fast forward a little bit and then we'll come back. Cause now you're in California. So yeah. I'm trying to play a little ping pong here um, of going to even like, I think you're in London for a bit too, before yeah. that. Um, but just as I highlight all this, just to, to highlight the point of how much you've traveled and all you've seen. So being in Thailand, Phuket top team, that was also another huge thing for me being able to get out there because of you. But looking at that point and seeing the training, it like you, you were not only able to bring the grappling out there, but you also were able to take fights out there and compete in Muay Thai. And, and I wanted to just touch on that part of the journey and, and see how that also influenced you as a coach as well, while you were out there. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's good to get out there and compete in, in anything you can. And, and um, you know, uh, I wasn't able to get as many MMA fights out there as I would have hoped to. Uh, and that's just the way things work out sometimes. MMA is a weird world in terms of getting fights, but I took Muay Thai fights, you know, when I, when I felt like it. And, um, uh, and even a couple, and even like some, some grappling super fights out there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just cool to compete. I mean, competing really anywhere in the world is, is pretty much the same, man. It's pretty much the same. If you fought, in the early years of MMA, you fought in some really shitty circumstances. So 
like anything compared to that is it's i mean you know you, you might be in a place where people are speaking a different language but you're going to go in the warm-up room and, and you know um you're gonna you're gonna do your warm-up you're gonna make that walk and and that's that you know like uh, sometimes it's a little bit tougher to cut weight in different places just because like they don't have the setups the, the hot tubs don't have hot water so like how you cut weight or you, there's no saunas locally so those things can throw a couple of snags in there, you know, but, but all in all, man, it's like fighting's fighting. It, it, it's super cool to get to experience it. Like while you're traveling around the world and going places and, you know, even more than the fights, it's like the fun times with your friends, like while you're, you know, traveling all over the place. I, man, I got a crew of guys from England that we've been on like four continents together. You know, um, we've, we've flew out to, Australia for some amateur guys to fight and then um but we did some training while we were out there obviously we trained in Asia together we've been in England training together and then a couple of those guys followed me out to the U.S. to train out here in California so yeah man it's it's uh it's pretty nuts like just jumping around the globe with you know for this fighting thing and that it allows us to to do that and live that lifestyle it's uh it's, it's fun and to that point, man, like, especially being able to, to travel and embrace that into the experiences. Like I even have one weekend when we went out to Bangkok, I, Ben was fighting. I'm fucking drawing. Is it, I always get the two Ben's confused, tall Ben and Ben Royal. Yeah. I always forget which one's Ben Royal. Ben Royal's the taller ben one. Ben Royal's the smaller one. Yes. Okay. So Ben, Ben was fighting. Right. And then we went out like, I, I just like, that was an interesting weekend in and of itself. So those are the things that always stick out to me too. Yeah. And taking that and then combining that not only like, with the coaching side, now I want to fast forward a little bit and talk a little bit more about where you're currently at between California and also like making that choice to put yourself in a really fucking uncomfortable position. And that's like part of the Facebook group, you know, being uncomfortable and, and you know, you, like, like you've even said it multiple times, like you're in a good spot in Thailand. You know what I mean? You had yeah. that system set up. You were good. And you basically just challenged yourself and then now came back to California where you, you know, you were before. So I wanted to now fast forward to where you're currently at. Talk a little about now being coaching full, like that's all you're doing and being able to apply all those lessons learned. And now the growth that you're investing in yourself with, like, give us a little bit about where you're at now and, and how that's looking. Yeah. So I'm in San Diego, California currently, and I coach at Alliance MMA and I also teach, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at Alliance and they're, they're not, they're not the same. They're, they're, uh, they're different gyms, but, um, yeah, the, the bulk of my work is with Alliance MMA and, and the fighters there. And it's fun. Uh, you know, that's the gym that I did. I spent the bulk of my fight career, uh, with, with Alliance MMA, um, and under coach, uh, Eric Del Fierro. And so him and I work together now and, you know, he's still the head coach, but, um, him and I have a good relationship and we, we sort of complement each other. We're, we're, we have very different coaching styles. We're, we're both pretty analytical, but I'm very sort of loud and outspoken and, uh, and intense. And he's a bit more reserved uh, and, and calm than I am. So uh, it, it's a good compliment. Uh, uh, it's very complimentary of one another. And, you know, he's got a great understanding of striking and distance and, you know, and I, I kind of fill in some of the gaps there with the grappling and wrestling and, and even some of the, the, the things with striking with the experience that I've had from, you know, doing Muay Thai extensively and whatnot. So yeah, it's cool, man. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm working with these fighters, uh, some of them more closely with than, than others. And um, some of them, you know, with, with their mindset and, and how they're approaching the fight all together. And I, I can just add my, my, whatever wisdom I've gained from doing things wrong, I can sort of kind of give them the cliff notes to not let them sort of fall into those pitfalls and, um, and a lot of that is getting uncomfortable and getting uncomfortable in training, you know, like putting, embracing the vulnerability 
um, in training so that when you do feel vulnerable in a fight, you don't crack because vulnerability is some is, is a skill and it needs to be practiced. And if you don't practice vulnerability, you're not going to be great at it when it, when it matters. And, uh, so yeah, just getting, getting, not every fighter wants to do that and that's fine. Um, but the ones that do, we, we work on it and, um, and I think it, it yields pretty good benefits. You know, it's not going to guarantee you a win, but it's just going to increase your chances of being able to handle uh, stress and pressure and, and, and will change the way that you look at the stress and the pressure. So I, I think it's really valuable stuff. And I'm starting to bring that, you know, that stuff to, uh, you know, regular everyday people that aren't professional fighters that, that kind of want to understand that fighter's mindset. I mean, the fighter's mindset, at least the healthy fighter's mindset could benefit anybody in terms of, you know, um, goal setting and, and getting tasks done and attacking, you know, personal problems or, or, or anything of the like. So um, kind of bringing that to a little bit of a broader spectrum of people through my Facebook group, as you mentioned, the Getting Uncomfortable uh, Facebook group. I'm currently writing a book right now. Um, and uh, in the midst of getting all the equipment to start my podcast. So um, just kind of getting all that nailed down. I'm not very tech savvy, so it'll take me a little bit to, to figure that stuff out. But um, yeah, I got a lot of that stuff coming and it's interesting. I, I don't see myself working in martial arts much more than five years at maximum. I think uh, my life is slowly starting to phase out of that. I think I'll always, I'll, I'll work with, martial artists and fighters to some degree, but it's going to be very selective. It's going to be people I want to work with when and where I want to work with them. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be the bulk of my, um, uh, of, of my work, uh, with it, you know, within the next five years. So we'll see how that, that happens and how that phases out. But, um, yeah, definitely getting more and more, uh, into the work of just helping people on a broader scale with, with the things that I've learned. And a lot of that stuff is things I've learned through, through the fight world. And that's like, to that point in that vein of like, that's why I think it's awesome that, like you said, a having that plan, the three to five year plan and the transition point and bringing it to the table, not just, Hey, for fighters, because at least from my experience, like so much of what we find in the martial arts world, and even what I've gained from you has carried over into my business life, into my personal yeah. life, into my family life. Like there's all, I feel like a lot of parallels there. And that's why I think it's amazing to anyone that's listening to that hasn't heard any of your stuff. Like really make sure you're checking out uh, Eric's content. Like, telling you man eric will change your life so like i'm, I'm gonna encourage people to hit you up not just for like we like you said from the mindset for fighting but even how that can apply in other ways to other yeah. aspects of performance that's huge man i mean fighting puts you in in a in extremely stressful circumstances right so like okay perhaps like being a cop or or, or a military personnel in like a real combat circumstance that that's that's a bit different and that's probably a bit more extreme to, to some, to, 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 to a large degree, but um, fighting is accessible to people. You can go to a, you, you can't just go get in a gunfight, right? But you can get in, you can go to a gym and, and engage in a, in a, in a mock fight, right? Or, and even with all those safety precautions that have like jujitsu is pretty safe, right? People freak the fuck out. Right. And so it's like, and, and that's cool. It's like, you're not used to that type of stress. Okay. So if you can gain lessons in how to deal with that type of stress, if you can have somebody direct you and guide you on how to deal with that type of stress, and we come up with a blueprint and a roadmap on how you dealt with that stress, could we not perhaps adopt a similar blueprint or roadmap to 
different types of stresses that you're coming across in your life or different types of goal setting that, that um, you may want to do in the rest of your life. Like, I don't see how you couldn't draw parallels there and, and why that wouldn't be valuable to people. Um, and, and it's, like I said, it puts you in an extremely stressful situation that is available for anybody on this planet. Even if you have disabilities, I've seen people with no legs walk into jujitsu schools. You know what I mean? People that are stuck in wheelchairs that go into boxing gyms. So like it's available to so many people and the lessons that are available to so many people. It's, um, it's, it's something that I, I wish more people took advantage of. A hundred percent. And this is where, so I, I want to like, there's so much more to dig into, but I know we're kind of getting to this end point. Um, and, what I wanted to do is kind of just, I know there's probably a lot of people listening who are like, oh, well, I haven't fought or I haven't done martial arts. Like maybe this isn't for me. So I wanted to just kind of flip it back to you saying, hey, what if I've got somebody out there that hasn't trained yet or haven't done anything, but they want to work with you, whether it's in California because they're there or just virtually. Yeah. Is that still something you're interested in? Is that still something? Yeah, that- yeah. These are my favorite people to work with now because um, they're not, they haven't experienced any of this and so sometimes you know when you get a new client and like oftentimes they see gains really fast because they haven't been exposed to maybe lifting or fitness before you know and so to those people especially if you haven't been exposed to the type of thinking and psychology that that we use in fighting you can make gains from it really fast by adopting these things um and and you're a clean slate you know you're a clean slate oftentimes so it's it's really easy um and, and fun to, to work with people that don't engage in, in combat sports on the regular, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, all we're going to do is we're going to find out what you're afraid of and we're going to find out why you're afraid of it. And then we're going to come up with a plan on how we can walk through those fears. Fuck yeah. And that's, dude, that's what I love about this whole idea of like just getting uncomfortable and being able to also like make yourself vulnerable too. Yeah, absolutely, man. If you if you hide from vulnerability, you might hide yourself from some scars, but you're, my experience is you're also going to hide yourself from a lot of the blessings in life. And none of the, none of the real good things in my life uh, that I have have come without some degree of risk, usually a large degree of risk. Um, so yeah, if, if, I mean, I want to work with the people that, that want to take the risks, but maybe they don't know how to, you know? Um, that know that taking a risk would benefit them, but they don't know how to, right? And, and those are the people, like helping them be, become able to pull the trigger is, is really what I'm into right now, so. Hells yeah. And that's like, it just makes me think of something really quick. I was talking about this earlier today with some of our coaches here at Rogue, um, and Rogue Combat Club for anyone that's in Asheville, check it out. We're not open yet. Allegedly, we're here, not 100%. Um, <laughs> um, but it's the idea of like, you know, just because you're scared and there's monsters out there, if you close your fucking eyes, it doesn't make the monsters disappear. They're still Absolutely. there. They're right? still there. It's just still there. Life's still got to go on. 100%, yeah. man. And that's like, I kind of want to end it on that because A, from a, sure. from a time perspective for everybody, and I, I just – all the good stuff. We're going to dive into a bunch more. So I want to hear from you guys too. I know you guys have probably enjoyed this. So hit the comments below and let us know a, what you enjoyed, what you want to hear more about all that fun stuff. Make sure you're checking also the description for links to where you can get in contact with Eric for the, whether it's the Facebook page coaching or just check out all the content. I know you're going to be putting out more awesome stuff over the, the weeks, months, and years to come. And then also the one thing I wanted to mention, I really didn't, we didn't talk too much about is uh, your MMA takedown series. That's something that yeah. That you put together in Thailand that I think has just been amazing. And I just highly encourage everybody to take advantage. Of that. I'll put a link below as well. Yeah, please. Fantastic. 
And yeah, again, I, I appreciate you taking the time, uh -huh. man. No You're doubt. motherfucker. <laughs> right on, brother. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch base soon. Appreciate it, man. And um, then, bam. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.